currently recording. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to play the intro music. All right. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. And then we'll go straight into it as if we know what we're Uh, doing. Which we don't. Okay. 50 episodes in, we still don't know what we're doing. All right. Here we go. Okay. That was a test run. (laughs) 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 Why does it always do that? It like flips it off. I want you to stay on. I don't know. And welcome to the no budget filmmaking podcast, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. What's the wrong way? What's up, guys? Um, Alex, you can talk to. Oh, hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is episode (laughs) 50 of the no budget filmmaking podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson, and we're going to be talking about our next season of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, which uh, you might notice is a little different already. We got video. We got video. That's uh, phase one. I yeah, I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's um, probably bad. It's pro- it's much yeah. harder to edit video than audio, that's for sure. Oh, God. And they'll notice that we just sit here and stare at the wall when we try to think of things and like how confused we usually are. I know. I know. Which we can hide very easily when it's audio only, but now that there's video, we have, we're going to have to be a lot more honest in how bad we are at this. I know. And uh, uh, we're also going to have to work harder to hide how much we actually drink. Which, oh, God. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. That's, uh, speaking, well, speaking of, of uh, what are you drinking on your end? I'm drinking in my hive lighting koozie. Beautiful. Lagunitas IPA. Fantastic. Ooh. I am in my uh, Fisher's Resort at Mille Lacs, Minnesota, where my family's cabin is. I'm drinking a Pizza Port Surfari Indian Pale Ale. Wow. Yeah, Delightful. Yeah, it's a tall boy. We should just change this podcast to be like about craft beers. See, the good thing that, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. Uh, the thing about video now is that we have so many more sponsorship opportunities. We could have people sponsor our beers, our if koozies, only. our hats. If only people listen to this podcast who cared enough. I know exactly. It's all it's all happening for reals. Um, um, so I guess the the basically we're going to talk about the upcoming season of uh, No Budget Filmmaking uh, podcast. Um, kind of update everyone on what we've been doing. Uh, I think I guess the biggest thing is is that we no longer have our studio. That's right. Um, we used to do this out of our studio in Los Angeles. Uh, Long story short, the woman who owned that studio died. Her daughter-in-law took over and kept raising the rent, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, so we um, decided to jump ship. Yeah, because as we were selling our equipment, we realized we didn't need that much room like we used to because all of our equipment's newer, smaller, faster, stronger, better, all things we are not. Um, and so we decided we didn't need that much space, especially with the price they were charging us. I know. Yes, and um, I moved from oh, you did. the west coast to the east side as they say <laughs> yeah he's still uh, in la guys he's still, he's still, he hasn't moved to boston or anything there's no film no, industry no, there no. sorry boston which uh which made it difficult i mean it wasn't that bad the commute it's a commute no matter what like la you got to drive which you know yeah that's how it works yeah. but yep um what what did happen is i found a storage unit like 12 minutes from me that is like one tenth of what they were trying to charge us at the studio yeah it could just fit all our stuff and i was like why are we you know it's 
It's time. Yeah. And it's Alex time. had a garage, so he was able to convert his garage. I have a I little know. corner of my living room that I made into my office. And there I made go. I made the corner of my living room into my office because, because I had a kid. Wow, Trevor. Yeah. You're a dad. Yeah. yeah, I'm a dad. A child had a child. Um, Do you feel more so, responsible? Absolutely not. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, no. I still drink a lot. Uh, only thing I don't get is sleep. So that's about mm-hmm. it. Optional. Um, so yeah, so now I now I got a kid. Um, and in other kid news, Alex. Yes. Oh, I'm having a kid. Oh, are you? Yeah, in October. Oh, boy. look at you. Oh yeah, I also had a boy, so yes. Yeah, so they'll... they're gonna be they're gonna be boyfriends. <laughs> I mean, friends that are boys. <laughs> they're gonna be little boyfriends. Yeah. I gotta learn that if I look, I gotta look to my right to look at you to make it look like I'm looking at you in the podcast, like we're really engaged um, in in this. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so that yeah, so I've had a baby. Alex is gonna have a baby. The studio's over. Uh, Studio moved. 2.0 will come move. at some point. Yeah, I'm trying to move. The wife wants to get out of downtown, especially with the the COVID, because it's getting crazy down here. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of, uh, what's filmmaking been like during the vid, as they say? Who's they? I don't know. I need a beer. You know, I personally haven't done a whole lot during the COVID. Maybe some post stuff. Yeah. Um, we did, you know, some studio liquidation stuff together um, mm-hmm. for another company. I mean, they know we did. We did Larry. So yeah, anyone who right. listened know that we did Larry. Larry, Larry got rid of his studio, uh, downgraded his show to one, one show instead of two, mm-hmm. and so they moved out of their studio. Um, and we were tasked with liquidating all the equipment and helping kind of disassemble the studio. I guess you could say. That is correct. Um, so we did that. Um, so that was about it. Um, yeah, I've been trying. You know, it's crazy. I just wrote an article about this. And we'll tell you where it's going to be at uh, in a little bit because it's on mm-hmm. our outline and uh, it's coming up. But I don't want to jump jump too early here. Um, yeah, don't don't give gotta, away the secrets. Got to ease yet. them into it. Um, about what it's like to be in a pandemic with a kid. Mm. So, you know, everyone's like, "Oh my god, you're stuck at home. You get all the time you want to uh, to write, to work on your projects. Maybe you have something Love that's it. in post. You know what really sucks on that? When you have a kid." Because kids take a lot of time. Um, yeah. You'll find this out soon, Alex. Soon, soon, soon. Um, I will. Luckily, I'm in the stage where he likes to play independently. And like, at sometimes I'm like, hey, you want to play? And he's just like, eh, get away. Yeah. He doesn't talk. He's just, eh. And yeah. I just put him in his pack and play. And he's just like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm just like, all right. Post, right. post, post. Edit, edit, edit. Right, right, right. I don't and know then if he falls I'll over and cries and I have to go get know about that, Trevor. I don't know. Because I'm gonna have an I have a, a traditional household where the wife lives in a shack out back, and um, <laughs> and all there is is a hole for pies for her to slide pies out when she's not raising the baby. Exactly, that's the idea. <laughs> Thank God neither of our wives listen to this podcast because why would they? They have to deal yeah. with our shit on a, on the regular. I know they um, basically listen to our podcast twenty four seven. It's just us talking to them. Yeah. Just, us with each other on speakerphone talking to them. Just talking <laughs> at them. No interest yeah. in their side of the convo, just ours. I mean, again, traditional household. Seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. Kids and women. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, filmmaking in, you know, what's funny is there have been some movies that have been made. And what they do is they kind of, 
they quarantined for 14 days, small cast, small crew. Um, and they still get made. Can I think just, one was made. What's that? Can we just talk about how the whole like idea of quarantining and uh, testing? You know, it's like so confusing to me as to like how it works because like it's impossible to really quarantine, right? Yeah. Like for four. I mean, maybe if you just like stocked up, right? And then you never went to the grocery store, never went outside. Yeah, it's. It's so hard because unless now, you know, I've never used Postmates or Instacart, so maybe it's not that expensive to use that, that stuff. Does that count but as quarantining, though? Because it's like outside I know, junk coming in. Yeah. Well, I think now they're saying that you don't need to, like, wipe down groceries or food and all that. Uh, yeah, I never did that. I know that when I order food, it, they just leave it out the front, knock on the door, and then they walk away. So I figure that's what they do with the groceries. They just leave it out in front of your door, walk away. And then sneeze uh, right you, into you it your, right yeah. before walking away. <laughs> yeah. They have a little sneeze cup. They sneeze into it, put it on top. <laughs> and then they say, here's your COVID. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, it's like, it's like, just think of, um, we were shooting the daughter yeah. and it was a smaller crew. Right. We'd have two cabins. Everyone would go up there. Everyone would be tested before they went. Everyone was, I mean, even that's hard. Like, you get tested before you go. How do you know you don't get it on the way up? But Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. I just had this I, issue, Trevor, with a, uh -oh. a trip that, that me and my wife took where we all – it was like my wife and her her uh, two sisters, families, and then her mom and dad. And it's like four groups coming from different areas trying to sort of, like, figure out the best way to be, like, totally safe. And it's just – it can't happen. Yeah, how'd that go? I mean, it ended up being fine. There's no telling if any of us are sick right now. Yeah, and I had this. I had the even worse situation where I had to fly on a plane for 24 hours. Like, not on the plane for 24 hours. I took a 24-hour trip. Right. And you're on a plane, and then I'm around my family. Right. And then I'm back on the plane, and I was like, and what was crazy is that I got home on a Friday night, and they say that you can't, those rapid tests, you know, those ones like can't the deep nasal swab thing. Yeah. You have to wait three days before you, from when you were exposed. So right. I literally left on a Thursday, got back on a Friday night. I kept a mask on inside and long sleeves until Sunday when I could go get a test. Turned out negative. Fine. Um, but it's like, like, especially when you have a wait, kid. when did you get like back? How, uh, I got back Friday night. So the the rapid test was only valid for when I flew out to Minnesota, not when I flew back. So right. I could have gotten it when I flew back and had no symptoms. Right. Um, but then I just got it's the tricky. free test today. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's but I got tricky. the free test today, so we'll see. But, like, how do you quarantine when you have a wife? Uh, no, that was the tough. problem that I had. It was like, okay, it, it'd be so easy if you could take the test, like, right before – like if we all went up to Tahoe to shoot the daughter, yeah. If we could yeah. like go up to Tahoe, and then take a test, you know, right when we get in, and it was a rapid test that only took like an hour or whatever, and then if you were you know good to go, then you could come to set and start shooting. But that's not how it works, you know, like because that trip up, you could have been, you know, compromised on that trip, and it and then the rapid test wouldn't have caught that. Unless you stayed there for three days before 
You know, it's like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the question is, is like, do you to shoot in this environment? Do you get hotels, mm. have everyone stay there for three days in their own yeah. room, test them? If they're yeah. good, they can go continue to set and go back and forth. But if not, they got to go home. I mean, doing a Tahoe trip would be insane right now. But like to shoot in like a place where if the person tests positive, they can just go home, go home like in L.A. Right. Might Language be a little easier. Shot. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then but but then you have like less control over their like house situation. Right. Like exactly. Because what if they're staying? What if they live with other people or they, you know, that aren't quarantined? Which most actors that are up and coming are. Uh, or right. like me, like I live in an apartment complex and, you know, right. there's people who get on the elevator who don't have, wear masks and I'm like, oh God, all right, thanks. Right. Um, it's tough. I, you know, it, it's, it's a risky time. Like you got certified to be, uh, have a safe set for COVID, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. It involved yeah. a, an eight part questionnaire <laughs> where, uh, where, uh, you, you read like a paragraph and then answered questions about it. It's pretty tight. Excellent. Excellent. They gave me a certificate at the end of it, so I'm good to go. Look at that. Wow. So fancy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it there is possibilities of filming during this thing. And I think places are ramping up. I just kind of noticed that Fargo season four is starting production again. I know that the Handmaid's Tale started to shoot. And then the day after they started shooting, they got shut down. So I think they may be ramping up again because they're in Canada. Mm. I um, feel like they, um, it's reached a point where people are like, well, I mean, we did our best. So it's over. God. I know. You know? Which is so like, infuriating. But, but movie sets are probably the worst place to be, right? Because it's like everyone's jam-packed into like small locations or like trucks together, vans. And then, like, the actors have to, like, make out and, like, do love scenes and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, COVID nightmare. Uh, Alex, I believe some of the things on your questionnaire to have a safe set were no fight scenes and no making out. So what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was optional. <laughs> I think. It's all optional, right? If you really want to give into the story, you, you make out. Even yeah, how can you make a successful movie, Trevor, without making out and fight scenes? <laughs> That's like true. A fight scene while I don't know out. if I know one movie that hasn't had a makeout scene in a fight scene that has been successful. I know. Think about Indiana Jones. Like, that's all that movie was. Making out Just and fight making scenes. Making out and fighting. <laughs> James Bond. Making out, making and, fight out and fight scenes. Yeah. I mean, okay. and those are the most successful franchises of all time. Avatar? All time. Never saw it. Twilight. But I assume it's just making out and fight scenes. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Different kind of fighting, but still, it's fighting. <laughs> it's approved fighting. Um, I know a lot of people are moving to uh, moving their productions to like New Zealand and places that don't have big outbreaks, um, but that's really not an option for people that listen to a podcast called No Budget Filmmaking. Just right. pack it all up, head out to Australia. Or well, they're also New talking about doing, you know, like tricky business in uh, in post to solve some things. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I, I've like, heard uh, mostly... CGI extras. Yeah, I've heard it mostly in that context. But like, why couldn't you like? In the 90s, they had the technology to make, like, split-screen stuff with, like, this, you know. It's a good idea. the same actor if you're doing, like, yeah. a Twins movie or whatever. Yeah. Or if it's, like, Ursula and Phoebe on Friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So why couldn't and they do that? The technology's even better now. 
Right, you just I haven't have motion seen that. capture. Yeah. I haven't seen that Mark Ruffalo HBO series where he oh, plays yeah. his twin brother. I haven't seen it but either. But, like, something like that. Like, that. that's even easier now. Um, and then we also... I wrote a blog post about the uh, um, the rear screen projection in uh, in indie film aspects, yeah. you know? So you could easily... <laughs> Just shoot people separate, like, you know, shoot the yeah. over shoulders and then split screen the, the wides. Yeah. I mean... It's not going to be great. It's not going to no. be ideal, not going to be fun. Listen, but, this is, like, probably going to be a problem not for, like, over a year from now, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't and, even know why people are really talking about it that much because it's just like, okay, guys, let's, let's just chill out. Figure yeah. it out for now, and then eventually things will go back to normal. I mean, I would say it's it's one of those things where necessity breeds innovation. So people are going to have some really smart ideas. Um, you know, you were talking about this idea you had for a pandemic-type movie with two people that never set foot in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um Granted, I think a lot of people are saying that that is uh, uh, it's oversaturated. I'm sure agents have seen pandemic after pandemic after pandemic script and just been like, okay, enough with the pandemic. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, but, God, I mean, pandemic script. That's great. Yeah. Let me toss it in the garbage for you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. <laughs> I'll throw that away for you. Um, but also, you could look at it like, I mean – Look at what happened with the iPhone. Somebody, the iPhone came out with a really good camera, and people found a way to shoot with it and tell a good story. So I think there there will be ways that good movies are made. They'll be different than the movies we're used to, but I would hope that people are creative enough that they can shoot something, like you said, split screen, or um, you know, some other way to not have like just have a can like we shoot basically two to three crew members on our shoots. And the talent. So if you could narrow that down even more, like a sound guy and a DP camera director, like, and then you have one person on set, that's three people. That's not that hard to make sure everyone's safe and all that. So that's true. It's, it's going to be weird. I think the things that are coming out, um, you know, are going to be a little different, but hopefully they're innovative and unique. I mean, then you have tenant coming out, which is the complete opposite. Right. It does make me wonder, like, at what point we're going to see the real effects of this, because there is a backlog of movies that studios are still just kind of like waiting to release and all that kind of stuff. So at what point do we hit the bottom of the barrel and start seeing like the puppet shows (laughs) in people's backyards? You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's talk about the pandemic also affecting theaters. Like there's two big things that happened to theaters. One, the pandemic and AMC probably is not going to survive it. Mm-mm. And two, the government has changed the Paramount rule. So now now uh, studios can own movie theaters again. Totally. Um, so that's going to be I don't know. interesting. And yeah. Plus, and plus, like, um, the other thing that came out of it was, like, the direct release to VOD for, like, the Trolls movie that was super yeah. successful and led to Universal being like, or was it Universal being like, 
we're just going to do this forever. And then the theaters were like, what? I mean, no, you can't do that forever. And they were like, uh, yeah, we can. We can totally do that forever. And, and they're like, well, we're not going to show it. And like, yeah, you kind of need us. Yeah. Um, I forget what movie. I forget. There was backlash at that, but then somebody just signed a deal. I think we were talking about it with our group of filmmakers that um, it's a 17-day window now. It used to be, what was it, 60 days? It was like 60 days, yeah. Now it's 17 for some studios and theaters. It's like theaters have a tough go, man. I know. It's going to be pretty rough out there for a theater owner. Um, it won't be when Amazon buys AMC and it's the Amazon movie chain. I know. But what does what how does that how does that work right like I get I get how that kind of works back in the stu the old studio days where movie theater it was just like one screen and they played like only their movies but like what if an, yeah. what if there's a Netflix movie or a Universal movie that wants to play at an Amazon theater they won't I mean that's the that I guess that's the nature of the beast is that like that's why that's what the problem is is that's why they created the law is like so Netflix has their theater but I could see Netflix buying a, a chain of theaters edwards or something right. um and then just saying like if we have you know so many movies coming out and they're only going to play at these and they can charge whatever they want if you want to see it it's like i don't it's hard to say if this is good or bad um i kind of lean towards the competition is good so it's bad because there's like but they are going to be you're only going to see amazon it's just not within their same building right like but the, there's still going to be competition true true but I guess it goes back to then if Amazon has a movie that everyone wants to see and they know everyone wants to see it, they could charge 20 bucks because you could only see it at their third, their theaters. On the flip side, I thought like, oh, this is great because Amazon is going to, it doesn't have to cut the box office with the theater. So maybe mm -hmm. ticket prices will go low, but let's be honest, ticket prices are never going to go lower. They're always going to go higher. Well, but see, that's the nature of competition and the possibilities, because what if Amazon's like got this crazy idea where they're like, you know what, like we make enough money because <laughs> we're Amazon um, that we can we can let people in the movies for free, but we still charge a buttload for like concessions and it kind of like evens out. Right. They don't have to make profit per se. And like maybe Prime members get in for free or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like they could probably figure something out. You know what? You're right. Amazon in their history has always been like, we make so much money, we don't need to make more. No, but I'm um, saying that way they could like, I mean, obviously they're not going to do that, but maybe it's like for Prime members, it's like five bucks a ticket. And then that way Netflix is like, crap, I can't like compete with that, you know, because so like there is a competition in price and Netflix it's like okay but then you can't but Amazon that's the thing then you can't Netflix compete movie. with it you can't compete with it but i mean to be honest like when amazon bought whole foods i saw whole foods prices drop dramatically cuz amazon was like we don't need to make money on groceries we make enough money as it is but, you but see that's a, the problem you do though. get a benefit for being a prime member you do is. you do it's not but like i mean lot, it's but... not it's not a lot um um but like that that becomes the problem though is like like Amazon could do that because they have ever re other revenue streams, which I honestly believe that Amazon's going to be the, the, the master of it all because they do have other revenue streams other than movies and they can afford to take chances have, on movies. And they have money. literally all the revenue streams. I know the problem like, is, is that then Netflix will have to come up with something that is like a membership. And then 
what'll happen see and this is why i feel that it, it could be bad because then netflix is like well we need to compete and we're not making enough money at the theater so now we're gonna have to increase our subscription service and now now maybe netflix will say we're gonna increase our our subscription service but if you're not a member of, if you're a member of netflix we'll give you a discount of the movie ticket yeah. maybe but all these things are interesting i actually think you know the gym the gym men mentality or whatever for movie theaters could be interesting you know it was like the movie pass idea but instead of having like ev like all the movie theaters involved it's just like one right so like the netflix yeah. it's like 14.99 for a regular netflix subscription it's like 30 mm -hmm. bucks for a netflix subscription with like theaters theater. or whatever and it'll you be can interesting. See a certain number of movies and, but like most people would probably do that i mean it's a great it'd be a great deal but like not everyone sees movies that often right like there's going to be the few outliers Graham, that um go see every movie possible yeah but still i mean is that bad but the, then the question becomes is and this is this will lead me to our next thing um thirty dollars i can watch all the movies at home with my entire family does that get me only me in the theater or does it get my entire family in the theater that's a good question which is why to me I was talking with somebody we know the other day, um, and he was kind of uh, he was less optimistic of what Disney was doing with Mulan than I was. Mm. I think Mulan is going to kill. Yeah. I think it's going to just make Disney so much money. Totally. Um, I don't know if, if people don't know about it. Mulan was supposed to be in theaters, supposed to be this big thing. Music is out. It's a very, you know, pro Asian American Chinese movie. Uh, talking about the history of China, not making it like a cartoon. Um, and it was supposed to be theaters, and now it's going to be $30 through Disney+. Plus. So if you have a Disney Plus subscription, you still have to pay $30 on top of that. He didn't have a problem with it. No, he had a problem with it. He thought nobody was going to buy that. I think, on the other hand, a family who is going to spend upwards of $100 to go see the movie in the theaters, and this way, 30 bucks, the whole family gets to watch it, and they get to keep it as long as they have Disney+, Plus, so they can watch it as much as they want. I think this is going to just be amazing i think it's going to make so much money yeah i mean i think you're right it's uh, it's tough i think that unfortunately i feel like the movie theater is going to go the way of the record where there's like a, there's a small group of people that like appreciate it and understand that it's like a way better viewing experience but it's going to kind of like be trumped by uh convenience yeah. You know, like a lot of my friends yeah. who aren't in the film industry are totally happy and would prefer to see everything at home. You know, because yeah. they, they have their own food there. They can stop it whenever they want and get up, go to the bathroom. It's like, I don't know. They, mm -hmm. It's like way more convenient for them. And at these days, like I have a projector. So it's like, you know, it's and, and a sound bar or whatever. And it's like, it's great. Uh, yeah. But I still prefer to see things in the theater. Yeah. I, I st I'm starting to feel like I'm in the minority on that. I know there's a lot of people that like it, but like, I, I think there's a lot of people that would give it up for the convenience, you know? Oh, I absolutely think so. I think you're going to have places like the new Beverly in LA, which is Quentin Tarantino's theater where they show movies. And it's like a event screening rather than like, you know, um, uh, a small, th I think the theaters are going to be the big movies like tenant, like Marvel movies and all that. Um, um, and yeah, I just think that they're going to go bye-bye. Um, 
you know, it's it's it sucks. I like I love going to the theater. It's actually I think I think what may survive are the places like Alamo Drafthouse and ArcLight and um but they've already made uh, it more like an event. Yeah, like, like what is it? Movie Movie Studio Grill? Movie Studio um, Grill. And it's so funny because the night before uh, so my wife had a plan C section because our kid was huge. Um, and the night before, we went to the Alamo Draft House downtown LA for the first time after I had been bugging her to go. And literally, as Alex would say, baked my beans. We ordered our food. The movie was about to start. They brought up our food. And my wife turned to me. She's like, This is amazing. We should have done this so much more. The night before, we have a kid and could never do it again in the rest of our life. Um, but that's the kind of stuff. The, the thing is, is that with the price of tickets and food going out, not everyone can afford that. I mean, it, you know, with drinks, oh, it's uh, I expensive. Think, yeah, I think I had five beers. I was drinking for three. Um, plus, you know, she's pregnant. So, plus plate I mean, chicken God. Wings, yeah. Chicken wings. Uh, I think she ate five hamburgers, um, a pizza, and then she stole food off the plate next to us. And then the guy left to mm -hmm. go to the bathroom. Um, it gets expensive. And when people could look at like 15, dollars a month for the a library that is netflix and netflix is competing so much to keep content good that they're just going to keep adding stuff you're you're it's hard to compete with that super hard to compete i know which which brings us to another update from us and that's film shake so alex tell them about film shake that's right if you haven't heard already uh we started a project <laughs> called film shake uh it's a website you can go there filmshake.com your friends uh, haven't told you about the thing we haven't launched yet. <laughs> um, you can go there right now. The site is live, and you can sign up for a free trial. Basically what it is, um, to boil it down, it's a website builder that has a lot of features for sales, memberships, and audience creation, right? So you as a filmmaker yeah. could create a website, um, target your audience through, like, Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, or even just like sharing in forums and like groups and all that kind of stuff. Um, and collect your audience's email addresses right there on your website. And then through your website, you could pre-sell your project. You could sell it after it's already made, create your own sort of like Netflix style website or Hulu style, you know, platform or whatever, like a video on demand platform where people can yep. subscribe for a membership and get access to certain things. But you can also then sell your own like physical products if you wanted to, if you had like merchandise for your thing or, um, Do you have any merchandise, Alex? I mean, I have the shirt. Oh, the look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could sell these shirts. My hat's on dirty. I so I, to. I have a, I have a hat, same hat, but my, my, my hat's dirty. Your hat it's looks different than mine. Right Trojans. Mine's mine's in the, mine's in the wash. Yeah. Um, no, but basically, Filmshake takes the the hard part of filmmaking, which is which everyone forgets about, and that's the business side of filmmaking. You made a movie, you like your movie, how do you sell it? Um, especially um, when Amazon, all these VOD places are not going to promote it at all and put it in the back of the the, the bunch. Um, and also, what these places don't do is they don't give you customer data; they keep it to themselves. Um, I know that's so the this secret. Way, I feel like yeah, that's where yeah. that. Like, if you boil it down, like, all these huge companies, Google, Facebook, Amazon even, you know, it's like, it's all about data aggregation these days. Like, mm -hmm. that's kind of the key. 
And it's no yeah. different for like, it's no different for someone who wants to start like selling movies regularly, right? Like if you wanted to build a business around the idea of selling movies, like aggregating data of people that want to buy movies, like that's kind of the key to it all, right? Like um, it's about targeting customers, finding them, acquiring them and converting them. And that's what yeah. Film Shake is all about. Um, it's about building your your audience as a filmmaker, building the audience around your projects. Like if you have films um, that are around specific topics, let's say you have like a documentary on a specific topic or you, you like specialize in horror films because you really like horror films, like targeting an audience that wants that product and then selling directly to them with your own, you know, branded platform that delivers the content to them. So it's all kind of like a seamless experience. That's yep. what film shake is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no surprise that a company that gives away most of its products for free, like Google is one of the, the richest companies in the world. It's because they, they get your customer data. Every time yeah. you sign up for something, they tell you they're going to use your data. Um, and, and they valuable. sell that for ads and all that. And so just imagine you sell 300 copies of your movie and you're making another movie. Well, you already have a 300, person customer base you can you know go after and say hey a i'm gonna uh crowdfund my next movie yeah b i'm making this movie and i want to want you to be the first in line to buy it or c did i go one two or a b oh, we'll go c and then c um you have uh somebody that's like hey you know what i'm making some t-shirts boom i have these people's emails um, and I can email them and say, hey, buy a shirt or buy this or buy that. Or, you know what? You have a newsletter you want to put out there just talking about uh, stupid shit like this podcast does. Boom. You have your customer your customer information that is never hidden from you. And also any, any movie or merchandise you sell on your site that you set up through Filmshake is 100% yours. So that's yeah. even better. You don't have to split it. It's, it's all you. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so yeah. that is what's like, uh, we, you know, the argument, you know, these days people are always trying to be like influencers, right? So you want to have an Instagram account. Like if you're a, a DP or whatever, it's like, yeah, I have my Instagram account. Like what's your Instagram? Show me your Instagram or whatever. But like, damn, if, if Facebook, TikTok? if Facebook, yeah, or TikTok or whatever, if Facebook all of a sudden was like, you know, Instagram sucks, we're going to just roll it, roll it up. Like all these Instagram followers like they're going to disappear and it's just going to be consumed by Facebook. Then your entire like business is gone, right? Yeah. Because yep. Because it was never yours to begin with. It was Instagram. And that that's what happened when when Vine shut down. All these people that were Vine stars didn't have any idea what they were going to do. They're like, "Uh, well that was right. my income." It's like, and "Well, so, it doesn't matter. It's not yeah, yours." Exactly. And so the idea behind Filmshake is to eliminate that. Um, you can still have your YouTube and your Instagram accounts or whatever, but the idea is to take people off those platforms and onto your own so that you have their actual info. Um, if those platforms shut down or even if like Filmshake disappeared off the face of the earth, you would still have their info. And, um, yep. and then you could contact them directly yourself and then build up your platform somewhere else. And yeah. like, that's kind yep. of crucial because these things like TikTok, I mean, who the heck knows how long that's going to be around for, you know? Well, according to the president, not much longer, unless Microsoft buys it. Right. 
Um, and then that also leads us to our other thing, which is uh, filmmakingcentral.com, which is yes. a, a kind of a, a catch-all for all of our uh, educational things. I guess you could call this podcast educational, yeah. um, but it's where we're going to post stuff. Uh, you can get the podcast there. Um, we're posting articles. Um, Videos. We're gonna do, yeah, we're going to do a lot more stuff on there, um, which is another way just to kind of expand your filmmaking horizons. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah, and the way I'm kind of, I mean, it's it's technically our blog, right? It's not super, I would say, like, structured in terms of, like, educational content. It's basically, like, our thoughts about the film industry, things that we're trying out. Like, for example, we want to kind of do a case study for Film Shake uh, with a project of our own, and we'll kind of, yep. like, tackle that on Filmmaking Central and kind of walk you through, like, our process and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of like our hub for all the things yep. that we're doing. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then last but not least, uh, just upcoming season, we're going to have another podcast, maybe a couple more, but at least one more. At least one more. Um, if anyone's a fan of the TV show, The League, this will be very uh, familiar to them. But we've gotten, uh, let's see, if we've had um, 10 comments and two of the comments, no, three of the comments we're complaining about the end of the po this podcast. I say that that's a majority of the complaints yeah. uh, about this podcast is that it's too long. And well, we go too in depth about uh, film gear because we're obsessed with film gear. We are. So we're going to branch that off into another podcast. Uh, again, if you're a fan of the league, this will sound familiar. It's going to be called the Equip Monks podcast. Mm -hmm. um, watch. I'll, I'll, we'll post it on the first in the first episode. We'll explain the the name and what episode to watch of the league to make it make sense. But yes, uh, we're going to do a new podcast. It's all going to be all about film gear. None of our stupid, what we're, what's new with us, uh, our opinions yeah. on the film industry. It's just yeah. film just gear, film gear, cool film stuff gear. that pops up all, all day, every day. Yeah. That's what we're going to be talking about. Once, once, uh, once film got into the digital realm, they, it became computers. There's something released new every day. So yeah, there's more than enough to talk about, and we are obsessed with film gear. We always are constantly sending each other stuff of like, we need to buy this, we need to buy that. Totally. And then we realize we have no money, and so we say it's we're gonna get that one day. One of the reasons we took a year-long hiatus on this podcast is because it became difficult to come up with new new topics to talk about. Right? I mean, yeah. we kind of like covered the gamut of like topics within you know, aspects of making films for low to no budgets. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's still more that we can talk about, obviously. Um, yeah. But we never had like a, a shortage of equipment to talk about. And so it was like, well, why don't we just make that its own podcast? That could go on forever and ever um, oh, God, without yeah. really having to struggle to come up with things. Which brings yeah. me to uh, my next thought. If you, listening and or watching, have topics that you would like us to discuss on this podcast yes, uh, yes. feel free to hit us up on filmmakingcentral.com go to youtube and subscribe oh Ooh, and don't forget to hit the that. little belly thing um <laughs> belly. and then comment on the video uh with your thoughts about different topics on filmmaking uh low budget no budget or any budget really and uh we can yeah. tackle those topics and uh keep this podcast rolling Without yeah. too much brain work on our part, because we know know that our brain work is not great. 
we're all about the least amount of work on our end. Yeah. Um, this is already pushing it, talking for an hour. So uh, yeah. let's just get that. Exactly. Um, so is that it? I think that, yeah, I think that does it. That's a little, I mean, a little short and sweet. Uh, nothing too crazy, but yeah, I think that's yeah. it. Just wanted to get back in the swing of things, test yep. out this um, this whole video concept. Yeah. We're using yep. vMix, if anyone's wondering. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It took a little doing to get this set up. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And we're professionals. <laughs> I'll I'll use your error, like no doubt. Like I, if I had read oh, a single word of the uh, help documents, I probably would have gotten through it quite a bit quicker. Um, that's leading them. That's like reading the manual when you get a new piece of equipment. Who does yeah, that? I know. Um, yeah. But we're gonna keep doing these. We're gonna post them up on YouTube. Um, yep. The podcast is available, as you know, everywhere. Um, and yeah. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. So thanks so much for joining us. Remember, you can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 50. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star review if you feel so inclined. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section, and we'll try to answer them. Also, don't forget to head on over to fearlessfilmmakers.com to join our community of filmmakers and gain immediate access to our vault of past workshops, courses, and tutorials. I think that's All right, guys, do that'll it, do it. Later. Cheers. Cheers.